Hey, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to the Tour Coach here, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as, you know, on the radio, WNSP in Mobile, Alabama. The next few Tour Coaches that come at you are going to be a little bit different in the fact that uh, last week at the PGA Show in Orlando, Florida, we hosted a cocktail party, kind of got back to doing this. We used to do this back in the day, uh, but somewhere around COVID or so, we kind of slowed down and quit doing it. But we hosted some of our friends, some of the great instructors, some of the best minds from around the instruction world. We all got together at Cuba Libre Bar and Restaurant right there on International Drive near the convention center, and it was an epic night. But what we did is we set up a little booth at the back, and myself, but in particular Jackson Court, one by one, brought some of these minds to the back, sat down, and had a little 10-, 15-minute conversation. And now my producer, one of the good dudes here helping us keep all this stuff going out, Clint Crouch, has put these together to roll these out over the next few Tour Coach episodes. So what you're about to hear is myself or Jackson Court sitting down with some of our friends, some of our guests, and taking an inside look at the instruction world, the golf world, what goes on at the PGA show, and Everything to help you play better golf, teach better golf, or enjoy the game, as always, is here for you on the Tour Coach. So I hope you like the behind-the-scenes look and some of the conversations that happened at the Tour Coach Pro Work Dew Sweepers Cocktail Party at the PGA Show. I think you'll enjoy it. Going right into it with one of my faves in the golf industry, Dr. Scott Lynn. You know, I'm... So fortunate to have people around me like Tony and Wayne and Mark Hackett and Woody and all and Colby and Colby, all these guys yeah. around me. And there's a massive spot for you in that influence. Right. I'll never forget the first time being around you in Panama City. Yeah. And your info with the swing catalyst was revolutionary to what I do and how I do it. Right. So I appreciate you and I also like it's incredible for me to think of myself as like young and sitting here with all these people right but also being able to call you a friend so yeah I that's really uh that. it has been a long time yeah i remember that in panama city the first couple of things and i remember you talking about uh you know coming down from michigan and like you, and you've been all over you've been in mobile alabama you've been in i mean you've been all over the place which is pretty cool i've seen you evolving like i mean that place you're at right now is pretty special and and being able to be a director of instruction and stuff like that is it's pretty awesome, um, and I mean, I, th- I think it's it's the the culture that Tony creates that really creates like uh, everyone's just helping everyone. It, it is because I've been to you know golf schools camps where you got to watch what you say. Like I can't say anything now because he's teaching, or I can't say anything now because that might offend this person. And like nobody's like that. Everybody's just there to learn and get better. As long as people get better, everyone's happy and like. I always tell the story, that little guy, what's a little kid's name? I can't remember his name now. No, no, no. We were at a camp. We talked about it the other day at the old camp. But anyways, there was this kid, good player. I think he went on and played college golf. I feel like he said Tony fired him recently, but whatever. Um, And we're all trying to figure something out. And Colby's in there doing stuff, and, and it doesn't work. And I'm in there doing stuff, it doesn't work. And, like, Tony's in there doing stuff, and it doesn't work. We're all kind of looking at each other like, and Jack's like, I got this. You wheel in and you like adjust his grip a little bit, and it's like, choo, choo, choo. William won. Yeah, William won, yeah, exactly. Right that was at Ocean Reef. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And all three of us are like, sweet, that's awesome. None of us were offended. None of us give a shit. Like, as long as the person is hitting it better at the end, that's what matters, right? And, like, to me, I don't see that too often anywhere else. And I think that's what the Dew Sweepers provide 
the world. I think that's why you get so many kids at your camps. Everyone's having a blast. Having a blast. Yeah. So fun. And I think that carries over into the work you guys do individually too, right? Because you carry that over into your own jobs and stuff. And uh, yeah, you don't find that too often elsewhere. Yeah, it's fun. So, you know, this wonderful journey of coaching, you've got so many things going on. You've got a kid now. Yeah. You're married. you got a kid. you got family. You're about to go teach a class in California, yeah. virtually. You're here at the PJ <laughs> Show in Orlando yeah. doing segments with Swing Catalyst. So tell me a little bit about maybe your inspiration and how the Swing Catalyst and, and your training in biomechanics has given you this direction through golf well i mean i, I play golf yeah i play golf since i was a little kid like i, I mean i've always loved it like that has been like my passion like in, in the summers my mom would drop me off at the golf course my brother and i at 8 a.m when she's off to work and pick us up at 5 30 on her way home like it's been you know it's been a passion of mine ever since you know i picked up a club and I'm hoping like hell my son's the same way. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, and at one point I just realized there's no way that playing this game will ever be my career. I was not good. Um, and so I wanted to find a way to still be involved. Um, and so I finished my PhD up in Canada doing orthopedic biomechanics. We are looking at knee arthritis stuff. And at one point I was like... I don't know if I could spend my whole life doing knee arthritis stuff. It just doesn't fire me up every day in the morning when I wake up. Um, whereas when I do some of the stuff we do now, like it's just being around all these good people and working on a, I mean, some of the places I've been recently with this game, like, I mean, if I can count the countries I've been to in the last, I don't know, five to six years with this, like it's all over Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Sweden, Norway, the UK, like all over Europe. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy where this game can take you and the people you can meet. And, um, and I think I'm getting better now. At, and when I first started, I would kind of work with anyone, but I kind of picking and choosing the people I want to work with because like, even if they pay you a fortune, life's too short to, to work with people who are uh, not so fun to work with. But, uh, so that took me really far. And then uh, you know, Swing Cottles got into baseball, and I've just started. I kind of took what I learned from golf over to baseball. And we've had some success. I'm working with like five or six major league teams now on their hitting biomechanics. And then I took from baseball what I learned back to golf. And now I'm, I think it's making me better at both, um, which is super cool. Um, it's been super fun. I mean, it's uh, the people that I've been around, like um, the, the uh, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and I was the biggest Toronto Blue Jays fan you've ever met in my life because I was... How old was I? 15 years old when they won the World Series in like 92, 93 or whatever. And like, I don't know what you were like when you were 15 or 16, but sports is your whole life. I knew every guy on that team. I knew how to do their swing. Like, I could tell you everything about them. They're batting. Like, I was a massive fan. And, and I'm, they're taking me out to their training camp in a couple of weeks to, to help them with their hitting biomechanics. I was like, how is this even reality? Like, is this even true? And yeah, and so, and I got like a, our little son is unbelievable. He's like, I feel like we're getting away with murder. He hardly ever, like, cries. He's, like, so good. And my wife's a college golf coach. She plays golf. She, she used to beat me when we uh, first got together. Not anymore. She, well, she, she tried to hit a couple balls, and she got pregnant, and she cold-shanked them. So I don't think she's hit one since. <laughs> All that weight forward, like, pulled her forward. So, yeah, she hasn't played in a while. But um, I'm pretty sure this kid will have a club in his hand as soon as he can stand up for more than about 10 seconds without falling down. So 
Um, and that'll be great. It'll get me back out playing and stuff like that. And I, I've been joking with Tony. They got to have a little daycare at the Dew Sweeper camp that's at some right. point. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> have so, the kids playing around. What's great, too, about what you do is, like, obviously you've got this passion for golf. And then people that come in front of you from all walks of life have that same passion to get better. Yeah. So how does Swing Catalyst and your experience and knowledge with all the biomechanics help the individual person in front of you? I mean, really what it does is it it lets you see things you can't see with your eye or video camera. So there are things in there like that often, like I've probably looked at more golf swings than anyone, the video, and then look at the data, look at the, the pressures and the force plates, and like I'm often fooled. I can look at the video and think, I think it's this, and then I look at the force, and I'm like, nope, that's not it. Um, so I think you can go down the wrong road, because traditionally that's what people use to look at golf swings, right, is their own eye or the yeah. video camera, which is still valid. I mean, still people teach a lot of good stuff using just their eye or a video camera, but it lets you look under the hood a little bit. Like, my analogy always is if you took your car in because it wasn't working very well to a mechanic and he told you to get back in it and just drive past him, so it was like, zoom, I know what's wrong with your car. Mm. That'd be like just using a video camera without lifting the, the hood up and looking at the engine and what's going on with it. And that's what Syncatalyst does. It lets you kind of look under the hood and see how they're producing whatever it is they're producing in their swing. And... Um, I feel like it's just that powerful. Like there's times where, you know, you, you just adjust a little thing in somebody's swing and their path goes from, you know, six into out to like two into out. Their speed goes up 10 miles an hour and, you're, and they're like, wait, like all I'm doing is pushing on the inside of my foot a little more. I'm like, yeah. And like, and to me, I think that's what's good with good teachers. They can say one small thing to accomplish a bunch of stuff versus trying to like change a million things in somebody's swing. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. Like, when I first started with them, like, one of the biggest kind of aha moments was somebody asked me, like, what should all this data look like? And I looked at them like, I don't know. Like, every pro that I've seen looks different. They all do something different. And so it's really quantifying what is different about that. Like, what are they doing different? And then doing something called cluster analysis. So everybody that gets a lot of pressure into their trail side needs to create a lot of horizontal force. And pretty much, you know, that's, that's a good matchup. And if you get a lot of trail side pressure and you don't have a good, a lot of horizontal force, then you're going to kind of stay on your trail foot. You're going to kind of spin from the top and like, it's going to be a bad thing. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what it identifies. And like the thing with swing cattle, it doesn't teach. It just provides information. There's an art in that teaching, being able sure. to see that data, like you And then saying, do something with it. Do something minor, which has a big influence. Sure. And I think being around all the good teachers that have been around, like John Dunnigan today at the show, Tony... You know, been around Mike Adams a bunch. You you pick up little things from each teacher, which I think makes the the tool that more and more effective. And uh, and I mean Tony, I mean his whole thing is teaching pivots. Um, and I really like Tony because sometimes I'll get off a little bit teaching somebody to be more right or left post, and the, and I think I take it a little too far sometimes. And Tony always brings it back to the middle, right? Um, and that's generally where the answer lies, right? Never, not often, is it way off one side or another, and. And even if I think they should be a little more lead side, if they hit it well in the lesson, sometimes they'll go away and, and overdo it. Right. And then they come back and like, and I think that's why Tony's had all the success. He really likes a centered pivot, which is fine. We all have our preferences. Yep. It's totally fine. Um, but I think that's why he's had his success is because most people, somewhere near the middle is going to be the answer. It's never going to be, well, not never, but odd, rarely is going to be way off to one side or another. So... I was talking to Tony after your golf school that you did with him this yeah. past weekend, and selfishly, one of the things that I love is like, you have this, because of 
who you are, yeah. your knowledge, and all of your hard work, you've been able to gather a bunch of information, yeah. incredible people like you're saying, and then boil that down based on Swing Catalyst and your research and your data. And I think it's a great filter for what is actually going on and how to help a bunch of different people. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative that you're able to share that because for me, selfishly, like I love understanding that. And I think that information is valuable, not to me, but because I'm trying to help. Yeah, totally. So number one, thanks for sitting in. I know you got to go teach yeah, class. Yeah, I got to get out for a sec. But, and I, I can't wait to come to uh, Jacksonville Beach, Beach Atlantic Beach, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean... That, that's a pretty cool area you got there. It's a great spot. What's it called? Neptune Beach. They're all kind of along there, and yeah. uh, it's a great spot. Um, I've I've seen the golf course from the road. It's very like it's awesome. Yeah, it's there's really a lot of like natural air, little like yeah. Tiny it, it looks greens, fast and fun. yeah, it looks awesome. That's such a cool place in the world. And uh, I was saying, I'm hoping we'll be at the players this year, and we can come by and say hi. So if not, if, we'll find uh, a time for sure. If somebody's going to try and find some more information on Dr. Scotland, where do they go? How do they do it? Uh, swingcatalyst.com. We got a bunch of stuff there. I got to take my phone out because I don't remember my social media. Awful at social media. It's, I think it's dr S K L Y N N is my uh, Instagram. So that's good enough. I have a Twitter, and it's a different one. Somebody's yelling at me the other day, like, it should be the same one. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. All I think right. the last time I posted it was like 2020 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, Doc, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for sitting in. Thanks for having me. Go educate some kids. Let's do it, and let's get some more Deucey Weaver camps happen. Deal. We got to have the uh, the daycare, though. I'm telling Tony. Right. Bring in the daycare. Right. Love it. Thanks, Doc. Cheers, buddy. I just want to remind everybody something that I forgot. Uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went out. We went to a wedding, and afterwards, with some friends, we were like, hey, where's a great place to go? I'll be honest. Like In my travels and day-to-day, sometimes I get caught up, and I forget some of the great places right around the corner. But i got to remind you about the Ice Box Bar on 755 Monroe Street. I know with uh, Mardi Gras and all that stuff, it's going to be packed. But I was blown away by just the whole vibe, the atmosphere, and with the Velvet Pig, the food in the back room, and the big screen TVs up front. I was blown away by the atmosphere, the vibe, and just how cool it was to have the Icebox Bar right here near Dew Sweepers downtown. So look, when you're out Mardi Gras or you're looking for a great place to go sit, watch some games, hang out, play some pool, you got to go to the Icebox Bar right there on Monroe Street. There's a good chance you'll see all of us hanging out, especially during Mardi Gras. But do yourself a favor. Go visit the Icebox. It's one of the best places out there. So sitting here with Scott Fawcett, who he doesn't know me, but I know him, and um, I appreciate your work. So I'm a thank you for that. instruction. I've been coaching. This is my 10th year now. I've been under Tony for, I worked for him for six years, and he's still mentoring me. And uh, your work, if people are not familiar with that, give a little plug to what you do and uh, maybe where they can find some more information about you as well. I think the Cliff Notes version is just basically like the money ball for golf. Essentially, when when Mark Brody and the PGA Tour created Strokes Gain, as a player who... It's funny because the fact that I wasn't successful as a professional golfer, meaning I actually won many tour events, like I was a good player but obviously never made it the PGA Tour... The first thing that I saw when they were coming out with this data was the application for strategy. Because okay. I've always felt like that was this elusive, mystical quality of golf. And so I just thought, man, if, if, if we know how many strokes it takes to hop from everywhere, because I've been buddies with Como for 20 years, if we got track man data on shot pattern sizes, we got strokes to hole out, like, 
my first thought is we can take this information and solve strategy. Kind of like the Reese's peanut butter and chocolate merge them together. That was the obvious application. Me, again, as a player, whereas Brody is a math guy, his obvious application is strat- or statistics and what can we do to get better. Yep. I mean, to me, it was just the, the natural combination. So just back in 2013-14 when they first started, actually in 2011 when they first released Strokes Gain Putting, I wrote a, a blog on an online poker forum called 2 Plus 2 that was just titled, Is Drive for Show, Putt for Doe Really True? So that's where the wheels first started turning for me okay. about we can solve this problem. Um, and then as the news, all the statistics started being released in 2013, I was just like, oh, my God, that's game over. Like, we can, we can solve course management at this point. Mm. And so is that when Decade was born? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so 2013... I really started working on the standard deviations of shot pattern sizes of myself as a Corn Ferry Tour member. So I, I played on the Corn Ferry Tour 2009 and 10. Um, so I know what a plus six or seven handicap size shot pattern is. And then you can just start using some basic assumptions to say it'll be a little bit larger for these different handicap levels. Um, and then just because Will Zalatoris just happened to be a junior golfer in my home course, I, I mean, I've owned an electricity company for 20 years in Dallas. So Actually, when Will's dad got transferred to Dallas from San Francisco, he was taking over the Galleria Mall as an asset manager who I sold electricity to. I got called in essentially probably to get fired because he was going to bring in his own guy. I just happened to be wearing a Bentry Country Club logo, and Will's dad said, oh, you play golf? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm the club champion at Bentry. I've played on the Corn Ferry Tour. He says, I've got a nine-year-old that hits the ball like you can't imagine. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, whatever. Right. So we go out and we play golf that weekend, and I'm just like, wow, this kid stripes it. His swing at nine looked identical to what it does today. It was just with a lot less power. But he didn't miss the center of the face. And so then over those years, I was playing professionally. So that would have been when I was playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's the nine- and ten-year-old kid that's just following me around like a little bunny rabbit. And then so whenever I did all this work in 2013 and 14. I was actually going to play in the Texas Amateur myself. I got a cortisone shot in my right arm two weeks before, and the doctor paralyzed my right arm. And so then he said, obviously, luckily, it came back to life, but uh, he he just pinched a nerve off with the cortisone. And so I called Will, and I'm like, dude, I did a lot of work on strategy and stuff, and I don't know why you don't do better than you do. Let me caddy for you next week in the Texas Am, and if you just do what I tell you to do, you're not going to, you're not going to lose. Like, I just, I know what you're capable of. And so I caddied for him and he won by four. And it was just like, wow, I didn't even believe that myself. Wow. But so then the next month he was going to play in the U S junior. Luckily he was in Houston. If it was in New Jersey, I would not have gone. I told my wife, I'm like, dude, he loses the match. I'll be home that afternoon. Like I got to go try this. And he wins the U S junior. And then that's when it was just so interesting because the SMU golf coach approached me who I've known Jason Enlow for 30 years since junior golf. He played at SMU when I was at Texas A&M. And he was like, I think DeChambeau needs exactly what you're teaching Will. Like, can you teach Bryson this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so that's when I created this this seminar indoors because the NCAA said you have to teach it indoors. And so I taught all this to Bryson indoors. And what's funny, actually, there's two other USGA champions. Um, God dang it, I'm, I'm blanking on their name right now. But the two guys won, Andrew Buchanan, and Ben Baxter won the U.S. four ball. Uh, Austin Smotherman, who's on the PGA Tour now, is in there also. Like, the, the people that came from that team is pretty funny. Obviously, Bryson goes and does what he does. And then at some point, it just becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy where 
your first two students are Zalatoris and DeChambeau. I mean, now at this point, I've worked with 50 or 60 guys on tour. and Because there's certain things, I think, like what we were just talking about with Manzella over there, there's certain things in swing theory that I think are probably all still debatable. And a lot of it is it depends. But what I teach, like, we're, we're, it's not guessing anymore. This is just mathematically correct. And that's where I wind up getting in arguments with announcers and everything where they're just like, well, we just have different opinions. I'm like, no, no, no. You have an opinion. I have facts. And then that's where it just winds up becoming a train wreck far too often. So has Decade evolved in any direction from its inception? No. 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 I mean, that would be like saying, has, has 2 plus 2 equals 4 involved since they figured it out? Now, I'll say I've gotten better at teaching it. At your application. Yes, and, and what I will say, actually, if you'd asked me in 2014 and 15, as Will and Bryson were the first couple of guys doing this, um, why is this working? I'd have been like, it's all the math. I'm a genius. It's all the strategy. In hindsight now, it's all the psychology of it. It's the psychology of being able to commit to targets. It's the psychology of being able to understand an eight-foot putt is 50-50. It's a coin flip. When you miss an eight-foot putt, it's not a mystery. If, if, if you and I were flipping coins and I flipped it and you guessed heads and it came up tails, you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, my God, I suck at guessing coins. You would just, all right, well, let's guess again. And once you start understanding these numbers, now, if you're making 30% of your eight-foot putts, we've got some work to do. Sure. But if you're actually in that 45 to 55% range, it's not interesting. That's, and that's where when they give Zalatoris a hard time for his short putts, three to five-foot make rate on the PGA Tour is, 89, or is 92%. Will's make rate is 89%. He's 3%. It's not like he's 60%. He's 3% worse on a shot you have two and a half times around. So he's 0.07 shots worse because of his short putting. Like, it's not irrelevant. I'd rather him not be, but it's almost irrelevant at some point. Now, the key to it is, though, when you miss a three-foot putt, you leave it there. You move on. You don't dwell on it. You don't go to the next tee shot pissed off from what you just did. You got to leave that behind, which then back to the whole. When I say it's the psychology part of it, I teach a lot of meditation, mindfulness, which used to sound like you know California avocado mumbo jumbo nonsense. But now, once you start realizing this is what the best coaches, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll, Phil Jackson, all these great coaches, Como, I mean, all these great coaches understand that it's about the mind. And this is again when Tiger. The guy just had the best mind in golf. Nicholas, the best mind in golf. Like, you can argue over who's the best, the GOAT of all time, but you're not going to argue who had the best mind of all time. It's those two. So, obviously, Tony's podcast and, and direction with this, a lot of coaches will listen to it, but obviously a bunch of golf nerds. So, for the coaches, what, what I'm taking away from this is that coaching behind it, that psycho- psychological aspect behind it. 100%. And how you get the the player to understand the, the hard facts of the statistics and apply it to their game. But if you're a player out there, how would you reach out to them? I use statistics with my players on tour far more to teach them they're not bad at something than I teach them this is what you need to work on. And so for the average country club golfer that's back home, Tiger back in, in the 99 season, he was working on like, you know, it's, it's my canned saying of, if you feel like you should have shot lower every round, which 100% of players think they should have, even in your career best day, you're like, oh my God, but I missed this four-footer on six. Like, I bet you made a couple putts too. It's just incredible how selective our memory is. But Tiger went through the same thing in his, the, the late 90s. He didn't win that much. I mean, 
he won a couple times a season, but it wasn't like he was winning nine times a season. He started tracking, why do I have that feeling? And then he basically looked for the commonalities. He came up with five things. How many bogeys on par fives? How many doubles? How many three putts? He tracked how many bogeys he had with nine iron or less, which because of shot link, I don't know what club he hit. So we changed that into bogeys from inside 150. And then he tracked how many blown easy saves, which is obviously subjective to his opinion. So for the decade app, we track how many two chips you had per round. Those five things, if you think you should have shot lower and it's not one of those five things, you're kidding yourself. Like, I missed the green with the four and I made bogey. Like, that's, that's just golf. And that's applicable to a five handicap, a 25 handicap. Uh, it, it, once we start getting to the 10, 15 handicap, it might be how many triples. Like, you're going to have to take those numbers up. But again, critical to this idea is it's not no three putts. It's not too many three putts. So what Tiger was trying to accomplish was having six of those five occurrences or less per tournament. So one and a half a round. And if you think of how pedantic those mistakes are, I mean, the three putts is going to be on average a quarter of those. Sure. But so the other ones, doubles, pogies on par fives, like you're going to have one and a quarter of those per round. And the key, again, is a, a formerly lunatic reform golfer when I was playing professionally. When you make that six on a par five, you just have to be like, okay, that was one. Now, well, I mean, again, I just finished 21st at Champions Tour Q School where they were taking eight, 18 spots and two alternates. So, like, I didn't make it through first stage, but it also wasn't terrible considering I don't play any golf. And my only focus was what I was trying to have is I thought maybe three of those per round. If, if six, if one and a half a round is winning on tour, maybe about three of those a round, and I'm kind of making that number up, but Somewhere between three and four, I thought would be like solid golf. And again, if you start looking, having three or four of those mistakes per round, that's every couple holes, like every four holes. And so once you're expecting those, you know, there's there's a guy named Sam Harris that I that I, that I love to teach his meditation, and he says that we all te- treat these problems in life like anomalies, like we're surprised something went wrong. And that's a hundred percent what I missed when I was playing professional golf. Is I was like every time something went wrong, it was like, oh my god, I just made a six on a par five. I suck. I can't believe this. Like I was surprised. And yet if you know three of these things are coming per round, when it happens, you're like, well, there's one. There's two. Now if we start getting to five. You're like, all right, what am I doing wrong here? And again, it's all commensurate to whatever your handicap, your scoring averages, everything like that. But at the end of the day, when you know it's coming and you are not surprised, you're not going to get as mad. And that's really... The downward spiral is what we're trying to avoid. There's so many times when I was playing, like, you would almost just check out for 30 minutes. And then you'd be like, oh, my God, if I could go back, I'd do that differently. Like, well, that's not how time and reality works. Don't get to go backwards. Interesting. Harry Higgs, I think this was last year. He was going through a little bit of a drought, maybe the year before, but he talked about a spiral. Right? He was talking about how, like, he wasn't playing good and he felt like it was a downward spiral, but then he was kind of working on this upward spiral. And I love what you do because, obviously, getting caught in the instructional weeds. Like, I have to drive back to Jacksonville tonight. I'm going 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock straight with lessons, and they're all going to be on the teaching team. And so my fault is getting maybe too much into the swing aspect of things, where if I can take some of this and apply it to each individual person, my job is to get them to shoot lower scores. So if there's somebody out there that's listening to this, and they want to find out how to shoot lower scores, 
how do they get in touch with you or get in with I mean, the, now we finally have grown up as a company. Now you can just go to decade.golf. You're going to find everything you need to. We've got a couple different versions. They're actually the same. Elite and Foundations, they're identical. It's just Elite gives you all the information on day one. Foundation breaks it up into six equal segments that come out over a six-month period. Because I, I didn't want the junior golfer. I mean, they're going to always focus on junior golfers. I just don't want people to beat their head in the wall for 10 years like Zalatoris did. It's just not necessary anymore. Um, so I broke that down to force players to not binge watch it, to slowly take it in. At the end of each segment, it's like an hour and a half in month one. Hey, here's what I want you to pay attention to over the next three weeks. And then we're going to come in and we're going to build on that slowly over time. And, and again, this is where Stuart Sink, who bought the decade, literally bought the decade app out of the app store the first, the week before he won for the first time in 12 years. And he's just like, it just kind of, it's not that it teaches him anything new. It just solidifies what he thought. And that's really all we're trying to accomplish is and what he said in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. The, the question was like, what do you think of all these young guns coming out on tour and just winning almost immediately or playing great? And he's like, at this point, experience doesn't matter because you can almost buy experience. And he's just like, he's like, I'm not saying that as a negative thing, but between shot link and data, course management systems, all this stuff, like you don't need 25 years on tour. And that's, it's literally why I called it decade. Zalatoris, he sent me a text after he won the Texas Am just saying, you gave me 25 years of experience in five days. It's like, that's just something that, I, again, I always love joking, saying with all due arrogance, like, you, you really can't overemphasize that point. You, you, the way Stewart said it, like, it was just brilliant. Like, you can just buy experience. You don't have to beat your head in the wall for a decade anymore. That's awesome. Well, Scott, first of all, I appreciate your work. Thank you. Because I think it's critical in our industry. And uh, appreciate you sitting in. Appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Trickshawn Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. And look, recently, several teachers I know and several players have had some scares with skin cancer. In fact, I recently went and saw a dermatologist here in town, and I had a couple things frozen off, eyelid, my face, my earlobe, and not getting any younger. And I know I know it's getting to that time of the season where it's cooler, but look, being in the sun is a real deal, and I've not been very good, to be totally honest, my whole career at using it at all because I didn't like how greasy it was, how hard it was to get off your hands, how it clogged up my pores. And then I found this sunscreen, Visor Skin Care. It's clear. It goes on. It doesn't dry you out. It isn't greasy. It's like you didn't put anything on. By far, it's the best sunscreen I've ever used. Without a doubt, is the easiest to use. And we've got a discount code for all of you. All you have to do is go to VisorSkinCare.com. Is use our code word, Dewsweeper. VisorSkinCare.com, code word, Dewsweeper.